Hi there, Jonathan Williams back again at the Bricks and Mortar podcast. Bricks and Mortar podcast, well that's a podcast about property. If you're buying, selling, renting or investing in property, then come along, listen in, we'll float your boat and light that candle for you. The show this week is another one of our interview shows. We left you hanging on the edge with the story of Craig McCall. I'm sure that you'll find the second part of his journey as interesting as the first part. Before we get into that, I'll tell you where we're at with the house down in Macrahanish. We went down there for 10 days. It was expecting to be the sort of last hurrah, the last family holiday down there as we put the property finally on the market. And what I was hoping was that it was going to be cold, wet, dismal holiday. And you know what? It turned out to be one of the best holidays that we've had. And we're already thinking that we might not be putting the property on the market. Oh my goodness me, I cannot believe it. Um, In some ways, I was wishing that it was going to be absolutely awful. And the girls would say, that's it, enough we're selling it but I tell you what we just had some fantastic days I think we were down there for 10 days and the weather was just idyllic it really was you know if if you're listening to this and you're not from Scotland I tell you what you need to get up here and go on to the islands because if you can get some decent weather in the Scottish islands there is no better place to spend a holiday absolutely fantastic I think one of the reasons why it was such a good holiday was that I got a hell of a lot of golf played now I'm not the best golfer but I do like going out and tackling the course and I do think that as far as golf is concerned it's a fantastic metaphor for business um, the golf course down there it played I probably played it about half a dozen times it played six different ways because of the wind and that's a bit like business isn't it you get blown off course and you've got to steady yourself refocus when you've got problems If you overthink things off the tee, sometimes you can end up in uh, in problems off the tee. You can't cheat in golf. All you're doing is cheating yourself. And again, that's in business. If you take shortcuts, then you're going to come a cropper. So really enjoyed the golf down there. Great holiday and uh, hopefully... We can sort things out with regards to the property, spend a little bit of money on it and and keep it uh, because it really is just a a great place to go and stay. So listen, enough about golf, enough about Macrahanish. Let's rejoin the story with Craig McCall. So it went from hero to zero again in the the eyes of the managers. So at that point I thought, this is is going in the, in the wrong direction for mm. me. And then I thought, you know what, I can I can do this myself. Um, so I went and spoke to the director and the director said, Alex knew this day was going to come um, and wished me well. And um, I went back to the office and I thought, that's went okay. That's gone too well. That's went okay. <laughs> and then the uh, guys from the office of the director was... Um, was based in mm-hmm. started phoning what have you done what have you done she's gone absolutely crazy she's um, all of this she's just said they'd never seen us basically flown off the handle 
Um, so, so wait a second. She, you'd said to her, "Listen, I'm, I'm away." She yeah. said to your face, "I knew this day would come. Wish you all the best." What and she then, said was, uh, "There was that almost like a Jekyll and Hyde where I think it's, it's sunk in because we were, we were doing so well, and we, you know the the conversations for meetings we were having. I was maybe saying, yeah. this is what you should do.' I would uh-huh. say this, or this is the figures that I would be doing. So there was a good kind of there was a good." meeting of minds in relation to how things should be done yes. uh, she was a good bit older than me as well um, so I just think from the area that she was covering um, there was someone again that was reliable that the guys in Mapping and Webb saw in me or the guys in, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, in yeah. Arnold Clark saw in me so it was almost like her wingman was, was going and she said uh, she's wishing me well she's turned around and said you do realise you've put me in the complete shit here and at that point, I went, oh, okay. Um, and just off I tottered. Uh, but apparently, she went, <laughs> absolute uh, banshee going crazy, everyone. Oh, my God. And it happened, um, it happened um, in, I think it was like, something like the, the day before, two days before we were due to compete, we competed at the end of the month. Right. So um, I had... Um, my salary so we've moved, we've moved on the, 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 the bonus and everything like that sort of happened at Christmas yeah, we're yeah. now moving maybe six months down the line uh-huh. I've spent I've still spent all the money that I was, uh, I'd made <laughs> from it um, no better off no worse off um, and um, the following day she came in and I said oh hiya um, thinking she's going to have a wee chat based on whatever it was and she just said give me your keys and oh just turn uh, yeah uh, just go I'm having everything and I said, computer yeah yeah basically like car park pass and all that sort of stuff um, to the point that the girls in the office were actually crying it was almost like a it was almost like a, a dismissal so here's your black bag she just said is everything have you, everything up to date and because because I um, like to be ahead of the game all of the valuations that I had been out to and gotten on they were on yes uh, where I was I knew the competition for the other agents and I knew that I was better than them. Not better than them as a person, but better prepared in an understanding of how it works. Yeah, yeah, better yeah. prepared in what the fees could be offered. Better prepared in the flexibility I could have. Uh-huh. So, uh, better prepared with relation to, I wanted to always be the last person that went out to the evaluation. So they've seen, the two, they always, when they, don't, when they don't know who to get out, they'll get out three people, somebody that's cheap, somebody that's inexpensive, someone's expensive, uh-huh. and they'll always go the one in the middle. So I would then, part of my process of my, um, our um, sorting the week from the chaff is, uh, before I'd let any of the guys book an appointment they had from my diary, yes. they had to know how many people were going out, it was always three, um, who it was that was going out, and so it was who I was pitching it against. Yeah. So I'd then go, if it was maybe a real local agent, uh, us and either a Slater Hog or, or, or whatever, I knew the pricing structure, so I always had to go out last. So they were puffed out. The first one, they're doing great, and they got on fine with them or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, the second one, which would be the most expensive one, they would get a fright between the first fee and their fee. Yeah. And then I come in my white charger and tell them everything's going to be great. And uh-huh. I'm not as cheap as the first person, but I'm going to promise a service better than yeah. the, the most expensive one. But you just done your homework. It is a no-brainer. Uh-huh. And if, they, if the guys knew to do that, um, you know, the, the, the only sort of hard time I ever gave anyone was if I wasn't out last, if I'm out first, I couldn't book in, I need to be out last, you know, mm. and part of your job is to make sure that I'm out last, last because 
they've, they've, you know, they've puffed themselves out. They just want their house in the market. So I'm writing the, uh, I'm writing the um, agreement as we're talking, knowing that I'm going to be getting the property on, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, listen, I've got this ready for you. This is what we're going to be doing. I know it's maybe more expensive. I've never talked about the more the the, the, the dealer person mm-hmm. and always pitching because the houses were always the same sort of price. I'm going to have a look at that and um, if you want to sign it, it's fine. It's okay if I just get everything ready because it's quite nice outside. I'm just going to take some photographs. So I'm coming back in. The photographs are done. The agreement's done. They're signing it. I'm, oh. I'm away from yeah. the car. I'm doing the dictation on my way to my next appointment and then by the time that I'm getting back in, the property's ready to go in the market. Yeah. I know, so the, that whole process, if you get it right, running in rails is really, really smooth. If it's not, then it's disjointed and it's you're always going to have problems. Yeah. So if you've got the, 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 the structure correct, then it, it um, flows pretty freely. So the director came in, took everything uh, and said on you go and it was so it was so so when had brutal. you just get the timings again here so 2008 this was so she tells you to sling your hook had you given uh, was there a, a month's notice or was that like the day before well, and then suddenly she the, the day, this was the day after the the day after I told her that I was going to be leaving conversation was quite nice and I said I know you're not going to have someone else ready uh-huh. I said but what we'll do is we'll find someone together I'll train them up I don't have any plans for going anywhere soon yes. and I'll train my replacement and then uh, I will go so there'll be like a mini me no need to worry and yeah. then she's just lost the plot well well you and I to 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 the untrained eye yes this is what happened but to the trained eye she's saying Craig McCall's leaving they're then going there's a good guy that has access to all our databases yeah, he's got yeah, keys to get in yeah we want to um, get shot of him as quickly as possible know, so he doesn't who knows he's saying that he's not he could be six months just yeah, just, just it's a difficult decision so, so I get the corporate end of it yeah, yeah. I didn't get it at the time um, because basically it was, a, it was a shock and I knew it was difficult for her because um, the girls in my office were upset crying no, um, just because it was like all of a sudden um, the, the guy's away uh-huh. uh, and this is and again I always, always looked after my staff and made sure they were, that even if it was anything crazy if something happened or there was a graduation or they needed time they off they whatever, able to go. They, they just go and do it go yeah. and do it and enjoy your life because we should be here um, to enjoy our time off or I'm guessing that you do that at core but that's absolutely vital because if you have got staff who appreciate that and you wouldn't want to appreciate a boss who's prepared to allow them to go to a graduation or it doesn't make a big issue if they're ill because what will happen is that you'll get that back in spades yeah yeah it's it's in loyalty and, and, and everything I think if people come to work than they're here to work and if they see the person that's running the company or the manager of the company putting a shift in uh-huh. and really trying their best and you know there'll be things that we'll do that won't work yeah. and then you have to go we're putting the brakes on it and all of a sudden you know you've you've, you've fallen on your sword because whatever you said is going to happen hasn't happened mm-hmm. um so i've always treated people the way that i'd want to be treated as an employee yeah, um, so that that then allows you the 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 respect that you or earns the respect that you would want as opposed to just coming in and expecting the respect from, from being an owner or a manager mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. So we're all in it together. Uh, so basically I got hoofed out. And so you've got your, your bucket with all your bits and pieces in. My plan. <laughs> my, 
clock that's not got a battery in it. <laughs> don't we, Craig? Don't we? <laughs> and what what I did was it was it was an East Kilbride and the Royal Bank that had my previous company uh, with um, uh, was just around the corner. So I went and set up my new company, which was Core Property, uh-huh. two thousand and eight, and I set Core Property up with the Royal Bank, thinking they're a great bank. I had just been paid, and from that payment came off pretty much with the, the salary that I got paid. I think I got cleared about I cleared about twenty six hundred pounds, and my outgoings were around about two thousand pounds for everything that I was paying with mortgage, house, right, um, right. car, all that sort of stuff. So I usually had about six hundred pounds um, petty cash to do money. me for the yeah. for the for the the rest of the month. Which is always fine. So this is all household bills and all that sort of stuff. We're all within that initial yeah, yeah, yeah. two grand. Um, and I'd set up my company, and the company had cost me. I can't remember what it was. It was like it's about half of it was like two hundred or three hundred and sixty pounds. Yeah, something like that. right. Yeah. Um, so I had two hundred and forty pounds back in fifty per quid a week. It was no big deal. Uh, I got my expenses um, mid month and all this sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. So I went in and the Royal Bank had always been real friendly to me um, and I had my own, my own uh, current account with. Uh, I said, I've just left, set one company, can I have a business overdraft? <laughs> now, because I got a £15,000 before, I, I'm like, don't worry, it's not, it's, not a, it's not a massive overdraft I'm looking for, I'm just looking for you know, put my salary, £3,000 um, as an overdraft and the bank burst out laughing. <laughs> they burst out laughing and said that there's no way they could do that. Don't be ridiculous, you've just bought a company. <laughs> and I was like, stupid I, I, I was like, it was like being a kid again. Uh, and I went, all right. I said, it's fine. I said, is there any chance that my current account can have an overdraft put on it? And they went, had you not told us that you'd left your current employment? <laughs> Then yes, but you're employed and asking for an overdraft. There's no way that we can uh, no. we can uh, get off your overdraft. No. So I had something like two hundred and thirty six quid, and and no more no money coming in in the future months because surely there must have been some sort of three month payoff or no 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 no, no that, that was, was it. it. You're just um, do not collect two hundred pounds for passing <laughs> It was just you're out. Um, so so. I, uh, so you must be thinking that you're in, you you've got your plan right, but you may be what six weeks, eight weeks, maybe ten weeks before you're thinking. You know what? I want yeah. to press the button. I've been told you're going to have to press the button earlier. I had no, I had no, I, 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 a set plan of what I wanted to do, and I knew you'd be able to do it within time. Mm. But going back to the start of this conversation, you said you're doing that as, but you're getting your main income coming from, yeah, from yeah, elsewhere. Yeah. I basically um, every day had it. It was like it was like musical chairs, and everyone was sitting down, and I was uh, I was standing there with my wee box with my clock and my uh, my <laughs> plant in it, and then I thought I've not told my wife. I I've got my son. Um, you not told your wife that you're well, leaving. It all happened, you know. Well, she knew that I was setting up before, but it was just yeah, 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 eventually yeah. when I had uh-huh. maybe got some money or made some money from a yes. property or whatever. You know, all of that was really all pie in the sky. You know, I still had to sort of bring uh-huh. it all together, and um, and I thought I've not even told my wife, and I was standing outside um, the, the the Royal Bank, and I thought I'm going to have to make that phone call just now and just say. I am a, I am 
uh, not working anymore and I didn't know how to pitch it I didn't want to go pitch right, it I know you've been a good salesman but that must have been a tricky call we've set, we've set sail we've set sail on core property and I'm just going to concentrate on this it. it'll be fine <laughs> and um, I actually took my phone out and um, what I'd been set up again from the um, my work experience was how to look after people mm. um, the way that they wanted to be looked after and all they wanted to be looked after is providing a service and you're communicating well with them yeah. um, and that's it once you've got those things licked to the net everybody's happy so I took out my phone to phone my wife uh, I'd tell her that I only had uh, I only had 230 quid or something in the bank um, thankfully everything was paid and there was you know some money for food and all that stuff so that was my my outgoings were all not going to starve not going to starve but it was like it was beans but, and toast but the clock's ticking because you know in the next month there's going to be another mortgage payment and where's the money coming I'm, from I'm dead so I'm that dead. is pressure I am dead so I took I genuinely uh, not making this up because it's I've told this story a couple of times but and I'm not embellishing it I took out my phone to phone my wife to say I'm binned but don't worry everything will be fine with my fingers and toes crossed and I took my phone out it rang and I answered the phone and it was a landlord that uh, I'd sold seven properties to when I was working in your move. Yeah. And what your move did was you, you used your own phone and then you claimed it back. So everyone had your number. Your number. And because so that's the database in essence. But yeah, what, ha- what actually happened was um, had I phoned any of them, then I could have been in breach. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Never, yeah. I, no I, one compete. I never, yeah, yeah. I never phoned anyone. Uh, but because of the service that they I provided and I was available 24 7, mm-hmm. then that automatically phoned me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They automatically, even when they found that I wasn't there, they phoned me. Uh-huh. So, um, because they were all going, shit, what are we going to do now? Because, um, you know, Craig's not there or, or yeah. would bounce things off or I'd be able to pull things in saying, well, we can have that. That's, what do. Mm-hmm. that's the area you need to look at. I think that's going to go through the roof yeah. if, um, if you know, because of its location or the new developments are going in or there's a, still in there was a big, um, next to the train station, they're redoing the train station, then they're putting on a cinema complex and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. And I was like, see all these houses just now that are 70, 80,000 pounds, they're going to double within the next three or four mm-hmm. years. So, you know, there was just a good understanding of how it all worked. And he phoned me, uh, again, naively, he said, listen, just let you know, see the flats you told me. When I met him, he came in on Christmas Eve at something like three o'clock and we were closing at half three and I was with him to six because he hadn't bought a property, understood how it works or done mm. any development. So you so spent time with him. For a few hours, but I enjoyed the conversation and he was receptive to it. He then bought all the properties from us, which was great for us as well, mm-hmm. um, to do up and uh, to let through us. So he phoned me up and just said, all properties are ready um, to go. Um, can you come see them? And I said, I, I said no, I can't. I'm really sorry. He said, how not? I said, I've left. He went, oh, Craig, you're kidding me. He says, I need new look after these properties. He said, what are you doing? I went, I've opened a letting company. What are you looking after them? I went, I think I have. I went, I don't know. <laughs> and uh, so 
he says, going to come down and see him at one of the properties, and he's a, he was a good landlord, so he'd taken properties and he'd put new kitchens, new right. baths. So there was a shooting in to get But he, what he did was he'd bought, two, and the, again, the blueprint from me was always two bedrooms, if a split in the rent, say, go look at your areas, because some of the places, it goes street by street, and uh-huh. it's the right, which is where we were. Uh, so we're in the right areas um, and don't be too greedy with your rental because I know what you've paid for it and know what your mortgages are yep. or whatever. So we did that and I went out and I just went, I can't deal with this. Um, he says, I need you to look after these flats and just gave me the keys for um, for the seven properties. And at that point I went, right, well, I don't know what to do now. Um, I mean, the Gumtree hadn't even been heard of it. Gumtree had just been started. No, it wasn't. It wasn't the the thing that it is now. Everyone's still advertising the papers. So I then found out where the East Kilbride News is or whatever it was, uh-huh. and um, went and said, "Can I advertise seven properties privately? How much is it?" And it was two hundred and twenty quid. It left me a tenner or something. <laughs> And I went, right, I'll just do it. For a bag of crisps. And I stuck, I had enough petrol to get from the school bag back to the day. And um, I, uh, I just stuck adverts in for the Right. Bag. And um, so whatever it was, see the paper come out on the Thursday, I stuck the adverts in on Tuesday. By the Thursday, my phone was going off. It's Buzzing. Aye, the hook. Um, people weren't taking it. So it was t- these, these were the, these were the, the, the days of um, everything with rose tinted specs because buy to let had just exploded yeah, um, yeah, yeah. everyone was wanting second properties um, they, could buy pro- they could buy what was a great property you know 20% cheaper so they're still getting a, a really good deal in a great property so let's buy to let it so mm-hmm. within the first day I had seven properties um, within the first month I think I had about 70 with people just phoning me or wow. uh, I had a I can't fail. It wasn't. Uh, it was down to purely down to um, down to uh, necessity because there was no other option. So, uh, see the cold calling when there's too late a telephone number. I did it. I did it um, religiously. I'd go out and drive around areas where I had properties, and I made the um, I made the um, phone calls to them saying, "I need to come and see it. I'm a property manager." Um, and again, the, the, the previous knowledge from that built up through experience mm-hmm. um, was the reason I'm phoning you is you're one four hundred pounds. Um, it's worth four fifty or four eight five. Can I come and have a look at it? And they'd be like, yeah, well, so we'll listen, we'll do it for 485, I'll get you 425 back and I'll manage it for you. So you actually get more than what so you So you were going and seeing properties that were being rented out under no Private. management agreement. Yeah. And you would say, listen, I'll still be able to get you what you're looking for, maybe a little bit more, but you'll, you'll man- we'll manage it for you. Yeah. Yep, that was it. So basically, they wanted four. Say they wanted four hundred pounds back. Uh-huh. I'd get them four two five, and I'd take fifty pounds. So yeah, we yeah. would get um, four seven five back for it. And uh-huh. there was always that amount of room based in the uh, based in the the deal that we were having. Mm-hmm. So basically, people were getting it fully managed for them. A guy that seemed to know what he was talking about. They had a background of, of experience in property and whatever yeah, it yeah, may yeah. be. Um, but you, and you were just doing this on your own. You wouldn't there no team built car, up or no, anything like that. What I did was the office was the car. I went to uh, when I went when I went back and um, and told my wife. I said, "Listen, I've left, but 
obviously we're setting up Lens Company, I've got my first seven properties, so my wife was like, oh, that's great, that's really good for me, please, I'm like, do you know what, I think, you know, we're going to make from this X amount, right. I'll, I'll, I'll make sure that we make that, that the same, sort of, same sort of salary, and I was like, ah, go for it, that's really good that you're doing it, and I'm kind of going, gee whiz, how lucky was that, and then my phone was ringing, I didn't have any boards, so no. I went through, I went through, again, a crazy learning curve where uh, after I had, um, after I had come back and put the adverts in on that day, say it was a Tuesday, mm-hmm. the Tuesday night I went on to Google and it was like, how do you become a letting agent? And it was like, here's a starter package oh for goodness. £199. Right. It gives you a folder with all your uh-huh. leases and all that. I need to get a lease of how to do a lease. Right. Um, but I couldn't afford it. So so it really was just done on the hoof. I then went out when I was, when I was letting the property that you could take... Um, agent fees then uh-huh. so I thought this near admin fee is going to be exactly what 199 which is exactly what this folder was yep. then this folder came down then the next one which was the next day allowed me to buy a, you know my first printer from Fisher Price or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, some blank paper so I'm just knocking out leases and uh, that was it and wow. and did you have you ever thought what would have happened had you not had those seven and what that conversation would have been like with your with your wife my wife has always been really supportive. She must know that story. That yeah, 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 yeah. Right, yeah. Right, yeah. Right. Um, yeah, no. The, the, there's my wife. My wife and I. She doesn't um, get too much involved, but we have a look, and that's that look where it's like, <laughs> you know, I know the look. Just, I get that look just, from my wife. Just party. stop it now. Stop it now. Or. I know what you've done, or I know that you've just winged this. You know, it's just this certain look yes. to which we we just go, yeah. I'll just rein it in, or I'll not uh-huh. be, uh, I'll not be too yeah, yeah. balls out and whatever I'm wanting to do. Okay. So I'm fortunate that I do have a lot of support, um, and it worked. And it worked because it had to work. I, it it couldn't not work. Mm-hmm. So there was no resting in your laurels, just sitting in your hands. Or it, it's amazing how that focuses your mind that you need to put food on the table and you'll do anything legally yeah. to get your business up and running. But it's amazing that you are so focused in doing that that it's amazing how many doors actually open for you. Correct, um, correct. And from hearing your story, it's been very much down to the fact that you are a person of service You've always worked hard throughout everything that you've done, but you've done everything correctly and you've ensured that anybody that you've been involved with has always gone away thinking, Craig McCall, he's a good one. Mm-hmm. And that has come round when you've needed it the most. It's, it's, I have been very fortunate, but the wisdom that you take when you hit your, your 40s and things like that, it's not been conversations I've had. It's not ever been ambition for me. There has been a a, a, a drive, a drive to come out of the council house, uh, a drive to better myself for my life from um, the jobs, and I think that's what the, the guys saw from me in Mapping and Web. A drive to be as good as I could be with regards to selling as many cars as you could within our class. Uh-huh. A drive that was going to be successful with regards to turning around a failing... Where, where's that drive come from? Have you seen stuff in the past and you thought, you know what, I want to do better than that? Or is it, is it something else? I mean, you've talked about benchmarking 
with the pals at school and there you might think well or they might be thinking well he hasn't got the university so he won't do as well as me and then you suddenly realize it's nothing to do with that it's all to do with your drive so where's that come from where does it come from so if we're having this conversation i'm conscious that i've not been super ambitious super ambitious and this was my journey and I was always going to get here. Yeah. Um, I am conscious of the drive that's been instilled in me to push myself to be everything that I can be. Mm-hmm. The drive's probably come from, if I'm being completely honest, an inferiority complex that I've had, that I have always been, in my mind, a stage behind with regards to... Um, coming from the, 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 the council background, council background that I had to go to Jordan Hill to, for my friends to go to university for me to try and earn the same amount of money as well uh-huh, uh-huh. for um, me to get into a position where um, I wanted to make some money within uh, Arnold Clark's that I wanted to be as good as the I didn't want to let anyone else down or myself down so I've always had that small inferiority complex going you just need to do it it can't not fail but I've been fortunate enough to have I've got a sensible head on my shoulders that I'm not going to push myself to the point where it you know I got off the cliff I've seen I've seen so many people go off the cliff yeah, yeah, so yeah. many um, businesses go off the cliff that you know that sort of buffer of the cliff is is always quite visual um, mentally for me yeah. so I will always push myself to the point where I think that that's going to work. But if ever anything's going to, going to take me over it, I'll withdraw and, and look at something else. So and you'll get that look from your wife. That's the look from my wife. Yeah, <laughs> so that's it. Um, so it's not a case of, of, of it's all worked out and I've lucked my way through life, as most of my friends sometimes think. And it's not been a case where you have had an ambition that this is what you wanted to achieve and here's your mini empire or whatever. Uh-huh. It has just been out of necessity um, that I have always had to... I've always had responsibility from when I was young yeah. and I've always had to make that responsibility to work for me and for the people that are, that are around me, be it the family, staff members, being a manager, um, my friends, or now the, 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 the guys that work uh, for me at CORE. So... It's been great. It's been great. So taking on your first employee then, that mm. must have been a big stepping stone, thinking, you know what, I'm doing this properly now. I've got staff, I've got to rely. They rely upon me, premises, etc. Come back to lucking your way through life. Um, the first employee I had, I still have. Uh-huh. Um, that first landlord that I had, I still have. Great. And we've built his portfolio. Yeah. Um, so to on Joanne. Now Joanne actually worked with me in uh, Arnold Clark's. I took her job. She went away to Australia to 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 uh, do travelling, and I took her job. Uh, she then came back and worked at Arnold Clark's. When I went into um, your move, um, she wanted to go into uh, so she went into your move as well. Mm-hmm. And when I came out to do things myself, she was getting a bit fed up with your move, and I said. And you can only work part time. I can only afford someone part time yeah. at that stage. So we, uh, she came to work with me. Now at that point, you've got your first employee, but 
uh, you're still doing the crazy things like I had to get in the state car because I was, I was hoofing all the boards, the property <laughs> boards in the boot of my car. Yeah. Nobody could sit in the passenger seat and other would get you know, stabbed to death. Um, people were saying to you, you know, I've got a couple of properties. I uh, had someone at a, a house in Calendar and uh, they said, it's great you cover over here. I've got, I've got a portfolio, I've got another four houses. Would you look after them for me as well? And you're like, absolutely no problem at all. And then you get an envelope with all the keys and it's, our big street Rothsey and there's phone Rothsey and you're going <laughs> never so told me that so you're having to go over the ferry and right. put these boards in and so you know with doing that jack of all trades I was a master of none in the development of, of running my own business or letting agency so I got Joanne in who I trusted who was good with uh, my clients uh, she had the same knowledge and the same uh, mentality and background yeah. of um, of um, Arnold Clark's working within your move. She knew my wife, you know, so there was no, mm. you know, all of a sudden you've got this uh, other person that you're working with. Mm. So it just made sense. Um, so Joanne came aboard, we grew, and I thought every time I take on maybe another 50 to 60 properties, I'll take someone else on, someone else on, and someone else on. And then through that, um, we have only had two, three people since then that have left everyone else that you've seen has been here pretty wow. much from the start um, the ones that have left um, ones uh, was genuine personal reasons with regards to uh, family um, one of them went to be a director of another company yep. um, and the other one I found it quickly wasn't, wasn't the same mentality as us so mm-hmm. everyone that's been here has been pretty much um, long term and they know the business inside out they've been here and they know the work ethic so as we've come back to earlier there's not a lot of people that are off ill and if they're off ill I don't really need to these sick notes because I know they're ill yeah, because yeah, they're, yeah. They're, they're, they're not swinging the lead they're not swinging the lead um, because their job is too important to them you know they have a they have a commitment to the clients that we have they've got a commitment to me uh, our core property um, they feel part of the team we make decisions together we have a lot of different um, opinions but their opinions are listened to and what will happen is I'll shelf some of it until it's time for them to come out and then three months later they'll go I've speaking to this about three months ago and I'll say I'm doing this because mm-hmm. this is the right thing to do now Yeah. by the way you're in control of it or you're running it you uh-huh. know, or uh-huh. you said this would be quite a good thing I couldn't do it then because of this was what happened with the company or we're going through this change or yeah. I was renegotiating this part of what we were going to be doing but you know this advertising thing that you're thinking about doing go and run with it this um, uh, method of managing a certain things a certain way let's go and do with it what I performed earlier was because I didn't have any money and I didn't have any leases and I didn't have any um, uh, know-how um, within the first year every penny that I've made for all there was enough to allow me to um, provide a basic standard of living for my family and it was you know beans and toast or mm-hmm. you know it wasn't anything uh, lavish um, and there was times where you know it, you know it dips, so you're struggling with your mortgage payments, so you're not where you're getting credit card, and all of a sudden you've got credit card um, debt that you're going to have to say mm-hmm. this and all this mm-hmm. sort of stuff. Um, 
or are you going to well, get a loan we'll pay out you know so you go through that with as everyone does but everything that I made within the business I had to reinvest back in the business so our boards would go missing so you need new boards or mm-hmm. you'd need um, different equipment with regards to your phones or your um, your um, systems that you put in um, and then we built it to the point where we could afford things it was again naturally habit formed that I wanted to have the state of the art um, computerised systems I wanted a state of the art website I wanted the state of the art um, premises that we were in um, because I felt that the smoke and mirrors that we were we hadn't established a brand at that point um, so for all we're going out and talking a good game and we were again it's the owner going out at this stage as opposed to having someone else mm-hmm. as a lens manager so it was me against the staff of other companies mm-hmm. so we were getting the business hands down but I wanted them to come back in and get a feel for how we are as a company and that's why they, were, they, they came into to our premises yeah. and they were then bowled over by that as well to the point that it actually became real you know it was a company there was a brand there was um, staff there but I bought everything so I didn't have to you know, the changes that are coming up we don't mm-hmm. we don't have to to worry because our systems are actually already automatically yeah. geared up for that so what you've done is that you've ploughed all the money all the money back into the business you've got a sound foundation here we're in fantastic premises in, in park you're now employing how many have you got nine staff nine staff um where where can you see the business going? What's the next thing for core? What is the next thing for core? We have um, so it's bite sized chunks for us. So we sit around about six fifty, just northwards about six fifty properties. Yeah. The aim within the next year is to get uh, up to a thousand properties. From that thousand properties, um, the business is going to change again. So the way that the letting procedure works, and the way that the um, the way that businesses, letting agencies, will do business with tenants and landlords again is all going to change. Mm. Now, this is part of the new legislation that is coming in. The tenancy, yeah. tenancy agreements that are going to come in. So new legislation will come in. Um, where I have been fortunate is. Um, where I've been fortunate is we've gone in volume. So we had a um, set number of properties we wanted to take on every year. Yeah. Um, we've also gradually grown the business through purchases um, and buying portfolios of companies. Um, but the volume has always been the, the key. Uh, and the volume being that we could keep our monthly um our monthly management fee relatively low in comparison yeah. to everyone else. Yeah. But if we do it in volume, then it's uh, it makes sense for us. Now, that was the Adam Clark way. You know, everything was eight eight instead of nine nine. Um, mm. And they brought it in and they provided the service and they sold it cheaper than anyone else. Um, I wanted to provide the service and do it in the volume um, and be cheaper than anyone else. Now, in doing that, um, we have built this company to the size that it is just now. Um, so our um, volume generates the, 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 the income for us as opposed to a few big hits. 
Now, as the um, the legislation comes in, there will be a number of things that you won't be able to charge anymore. So before we used to be able to charge for admin fees, that went out the window a few years ago. Um, just now we have lease renewals, or um, you, we've got, you will be able to charge for advertising, but an open-ended lease means that there will be no lease renewal fees. Um, and the fees, what happened was most of the fees were charged are split between the landlords and the tenants mm-hmm. and then we're told we can't charge the tenants it's all got to go to the landlords so they went to the landlords and they almost vomit over your shoes when they had to pay for everything with regards to referencing and um, lease renewals and all this sort of stuff but what we did was we managed it on a, an even keel with regards to the volume um, so as a lot of income revenues are going to disappear for a lot of agents um, we've never really really charged them because we've not had to mm. so um, if we lose a 50 quid for a lease renewal we will have it built into something else with regards to make sure that the, um, the landlords are covered they need to be covered we don't have to the, the, the courses that you're on everyone's kind of looking around going new legislation how are we going to make any money not is this the right thing to do mm-hmm. or uh, I understand that side of the business but it's happening it's changing and there's a process put in place that is going to work for landlords and tenants the me the me part of the uh, of it with the gas to letting agency yeah uh, how's it going to work for me we've already made it work for us you know we've already looked at the me part of it mm-hmm. by doing it the, the model that we the way that we operate so um, it's not going to affect us um, as much as what people are telling me it's going to affect letting agencies or, or businesses yeah. um, the downside obviously for us is the some guys will jump ship or some people will sell and we, we've, we've experienced a, a number of landlords that have just you know just went I can't it's not tax efficient for me anymore mm. or um, you know they want me to buy new properties but I've got to pay 3% or I've got yeah. capital gains yeah. so and there's a lot of guys that are overseas, so we, we, we rode the, the Brexit wave, and then we rode the, sorry, the independence wave, and then mm-hmm. we rode the Brexit wave just now as well. So um, it is what it is. Um, people will um, come and go. I like to think that we've built a solid foundation with our guys where they trust us, they know that everything that we say has been said based on the way the legislation is, how much it's going to cost just now. We're not wearing a mask and uh, just going to, you know, charge like wounded rhino for the sake of it because we want to make money. We'll generically work it out with our, our landlords and our tenants so that it comes in to be uh, successful for everyone again. Mm-hmm. But the back of the mind to come back to the question is what's the next thing for core? We will generically grow to a thousand properties and then from that we'll sit down and go, right, what's the next stage for us mm-hmm. to do? Do we then split this into... Um, different branches because each one of the guys that I've got here could run a branch no problem at all yeah. uh, do we franchise do we sell you know we have a drip roast which comes in consistently um, of a fairly chunky amount if you were to sell whatever you'd make I think 20% of that you'd just blow out and whatever blow out you'd want to have with good times house holidays mm-hmm. or whatever mm-hmm. or live off of the rest and then you think you know four years or five years um, worth of, uh, of of whatever your salary is will be gone, you know. Yes. Um, so I we need to make that phone call again to your wife. I'll be looking for another landlord with seven <laughs> properties. Please make the phone yeah. ring. So just winding up, um, what I've certainly from from knowing you as I do, um, and and what you've done, 
transparency is key um, and trust but service and doing what you say you're going to do is is fundamental mm-hmm. certainly from my dealings with you as everybody knows who listens to the podcast I've got half a dozen flats I've shied away I have to say from looking to get them managed because I've always felt I'll just do it myself and you've been good enough to take on one of my flats out in Kelvindale and you've done what you said you do you said that you'd get me x amount which is what I was getting anyway but you would get more than that um, and the one thing that you did what I was mightily impressed about was you you came in and with the greatest respect my flat is tired and you pointed that out and you said you need to have this 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 and that done um, we can sort it out um, and whilst a new set of carpets was you know I wasn't thinking that was going to have to be the case I have to say when the carpets were fitted and that you'd got somebody to clean the place it was like I'm, I took my daughter up because that's what that's what I do I get my daughter to humph bits and pieces yeah. <laughs> and stick them in the car um, and she said oh this this place is quite nice Um, And I tell you what, the one thing that I was so impressed about was the cleaning. Normally when I've ever had cleaners, you always go in and you think, you know what, that's all right, but I could have done a better job myself. But I don't know who you've got to do the cleaning. It was absolutely spotless. I could not have done a better job myself. And if anybody's listening, I have to say that, um, you know, he does what he says in the tin. It's just fantastic. We... we Thank you. That, that, is, that is great. Um, we are here to help. If you look at our website, there is, it's not so much a mission statement, but there is, um, it sort of gradually comes up and then disappears, but it is that we're here to help, that you can relax, that um, we have got it covered, that there's no need to panic, that we're experienced. And these sort of, not so much sound bites, but just sort of visual aids, I think, gives people an understanding of what the, com- the company's about. Um, we have went through it, the good and the bad, for from being a landlord to being a land agent to being a tenant. You know, mm. we've come through everything. Um, with regards to the properties, getting them ready, the first time, if we get the property turned around and ready for a client, um, they'll go in and go, wow, this is great. But the tenants move in and their expectations are met. And if their expectations are met, then they think well, we've got a good landlord, new property, good property, good property company. Um, you're, you're starting off on on a, a quite good foot or a good footing. Um, we have to get that property back, so your property has to come back to us in that yeah, same condition. If it doesn't, then the, we take a slightly extra amount for um, for a deposit. Then we use that to be clean. So the cleaning guys will then go in and do the exact same thing again. Now, if we have a moniker from friends that is going to clean it the same way, they'll get their full deposit back. If it's not, and we're not, you know, saying that it has to be immaculate to the point where it's brand new, mm. but we want the fridge clean, we want the oven clean, we want it done, yeah, because that's how they got it. Um, and if there is anything, there's a small charge or whatever, then they're happy to pay for it. But it means that the cycle of that flat always being cleaned for a new person going in will always happen now because you did it right when you yeah. um, when you put the first tenants in yeah. and matching these expectations is uh, is key for us the thing that I did which I hated doing 
but has been brilliant is when we're doing routine inspections we have a we have a um, a sheet for the guys that tends to fill in on a tendency their experience how they've felt with us what right. their communication's been yep. um, and if they're happy within their property and if not what it is and initially um, as we started to roll it out we got the negative points of what the tenants were unhappy with and then you get accused people that would it but rather than looking at people going yeah we're doing a great job we looked at the comments of the, the negative comments mm. and they were all the same comments when we moved in Right, so it's basically, I've got our keys, let's go in. When we moved in, this wasn't working, this wasn't right, this was faulty, we had to phone up. So it was all about, do really, there's expectations. Like when you go on a holiday and you want the place to be great and you walk in and go, this is disappointing, or you walk in and go, you know, no one's used this table before, this is, but you know, this is a brand uh-huh. new apartment. First impressions are just so, so So important. that was the key thing. So when we then worked out, how can we give that first impression? And then it will gradually, you know, a couple of months in, if something happens or a sale goes or something like that, then they phone up. It's not from the start. It's uh-huh. from, um, you know, something's gone wrong. Sometimes you say maybe it's them or... So with us doing a routine inspection every three months, it allows them to get in and within the first three months, if we've got it all looking the way that it should as your flat was, they're going to be happy. We'll leave our comment sheets. Now what will happen is everything's absolutely fine. When they go into the maybe their... their, their six months or, or whatever comes out after that when they fill it in if there's any issues from that it is minor routine stuff that mm. you know we, we should have attended to or has been looked after or something's yeah. happened but it's never anything that's making them want to go I'm going to leave here or I'm not happy with the landlord or with the, the tenant and that has been key for us in relation to getting it right the way that we, we get it right like hopefully we've done with your flat good good well, listen, um, we'll walk you to the exit now. I know that there's so much that we can talk about as far as changes in legislation, tax, etc. And undoubtedly, we'll be having another chat just maybe to, to talk about the more technical aspects of things moving forward. But if you've listened to the show at all, you'll know that um, the Bricks and Mortar podcast, we have these 10 first, first questions that we ask. And, and you're looking at me in, with shock um, as I start this so I'm going to give you 10 quick fire questions just a case of answering just as quick as they go and it's all about firsts okay so first property you bought Merchant City how much you pay for it £45,000 how much you sell it for £105,000 fantastic um, first bus or taxi would you take a bus or a taxi taxi all the time when's the last time you took a bus couldn't tell you <laughs> first film first film I saw was Jaws hated it oh where at the Grosvenor no no I um, had nightmares and I tried to work out how old I was and I reckon I was second year at school and I think why am I having a nightmare about these Jaws my I, I was so scared of Jaws that even my brother thought it was hysterical and was shooting me with a water pistol and the water hit me um, that just freaked you out petrified me uh-huh. well so, I remember I went to see Jaws, I had a geography test the next day, had done hee-haw work for it, and I don't know whether that was on my mind, went to bed, got up, thought I was being eaten by the shark, ran down the stairs, um, and this was about midnight, ended up having to go to the doctor's. Um, and got off school the next day. But I just, and of course, I've told my kids that, 
And, and every time JAWS comes on, which is pretty much every um, three weeks on, on uh, E4, um, they just take the absolute piss out of me. I think, well, coming come from a family background that I had, um, basically seen JAWS and they saw how frightened it was rather than put their arm around me and give me a cut on ten it's okay it was all make believe the amount of times people grabbed me and went oh! <laughs> and grabbed certain parts of my body yeah I've just told now it was uh, it, uh, I was petrified first foot or stay in uh, stay in I'll have all the first foot around the mine first car Nissan Micra registration number Y plate £375 the stereo was worth more than the car oh my god and did you sell it or was it scrapped scrapped uh, lime green uh, lime green yeah I was uh, yeah, that with uh, that did you get that, it out from Arnold no no um, I bought it for £375 I had um, again wanted to get a car before anyone else yeah, did yeah. so I'd just seen this banger um, and it had an Alpine stereo in it so the Alpine stereo was so loud it drained the battery so the car never started uh, to the point that, and because our family never had a car um, I didn't know that you could just jump start the battery I'd have the, the car was dead so um, had it for about four or five months and um, and then scrapped it for a tenner or something like that 20 quid first job first job was um, I had a paper round now this is going to sound crazy but I had a paper round that um, my friends were earning oh mum doesn't notice my friends were earning um, getting I think it was a fiver uh, a week uh, pocket money and we couldn't afford that so I got a paper round and the paper round gave me £10 a week right. uh, and then I eventually got another paper round and got my pal to do that paper round took the agency <laughs> and gave him a fiver so I ended up making everyone's getting £5 and I was making £15 and, and so that's that, where it all started that's where the drive came from <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. first director high street first director first director high street so that's um, would you do your banking um, on the high street or an online um I would do, oh, see, that's difficult because I would always be high street. I like to be touchy-feely and get yeah. to know people. Um, but the way that the world runs just now is it's all online and I do the majority of things online just now. Yeah. Even though people that I know that are in charge of cyber security tell me, don't do anything don't online. Do yeah. First choice of self-catering? Uh, Self-catering all the way. I like to be in charge of um, my own destiny if yeah. we're away. So we will always um, take a wee apartment. Yeah. Um, when I say apartment, like a whatever it is in the package holiday and go out and find a wee restaurants and things. First amongst equals or fact, that's to do with books. Do you like fact or fiction? Uh, all fact autobiographies, if they are facts. What are you reading? Uh, what, what, I'm actually not reading an opera right now. I'm reading um, Prisoners of Geography, which is basically it's been written based on your life expectancy and your um, understanding of civilization based on where you've been brought up. So, oh, if right. it's in Syria or Australia, or um, if it's in America, yeah. or if it's in Singapore or you know Taiwan, so it's yeah. just basically uh, what the stats are uh, and what the way that your country's been run currently with regards to the is that a dictatorship or is it a democracy and yeah. all this sort of thing. So okay. it's quite good. Um, first Blood or Rocky, Rambo or Rocky? <sighs> I have to say Rocky all the time. 
Uh, I absolutely love the Rocky films. Um, seen them all? Seen them all. I have still got... Somebody think, told me there's like a six or a seven. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's Balboa, I think, now uh-huh, as well. Uh-huh. Um, where I think it's Paul Creed that's... Um, that, that that's his son or something. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that was great. I think I still have the Rocky theme tune. Um, Eye of the Tiger. I've, I, but yeah, yeah but living in America, all of that, I think yeah. I've got it. Yeah, I used stuff. to go to the gym and play that. Um, first girlfriend? First girlfriend was in primary seven. Uh, her name was Jean Mackay and uh, she was lovely. Was she? Yeah, from and primary. tried to Facebook her? No, no, not at all. No, no. Um, from, uh, I think I was in love with her from primary one to primary seven. And then primary seven, uh, she became my first girlfriend. And then I went to John Hill and never saw her again. And that was it. Listen, it's been, I know we've taken up the best part of an hour and a half, but it's been absolutely fantastic. Thank you. Craig, thanks very much. Cheers. So there we have it. That is the first number of years of core property management and a little bit of an insight as to Craig, his story, how he started and where he's at at the moment. And I have to say, I've got to give the guy a plug because uh, I've got one of my flats on with Craig and his eye to detail is, is phenomenal. It really is. It, one of the things, and I probably touched this in the interview, was that he got a cleaner to clean my flat. And I tell you what, any cleaners I've had before, and, and this is very much down to when I've been talking about Rothmar and anybody who's cleaned the property down at Macrahanish, is that you're always left with a little bit of a feeling, you know what, I could have done a better job myself. But hats off to Craig and his team there at CORE. The property was pristine, spotless. I could not fault them. So listen, there's a plug for you. If you've got a property to rent, if you're with somebody else or you're thinking because of the new legislation that's coming in that you want to get somebody to look after your properties, then give Craig a call. And if you want an introduction, then get in touch with me under the usual portals. Catch me on the emails, Williams at begleybrown.co.uk. Find me on LinkedIn. Dead easy, just type in Jonathan Williams, Begley Brown, and I'll pop up. And of course, don't forget the Facebooks, the Bricks and Mortar podcast. And you can join the Bricks and Mortar podcast. We've got the website there. You can subscribe and you can then get every single episode that gets released to the podcast. And we do blogs on property and finance. What's not to like? If you have got an interest in property, then get in touch with us at the website. Next week, I've got Finlay McLean. She's my mechanic. Uh, He is on the show next week. So that's another interview show. Um, I've just given you there, Craig McCall, a a bit of a, a nod to use Craig McCall. I tell you what, if you need somebody to look at your car, Go and have a look at Finlay McLean. I've got a, I think my car must be about 16 years old. It's a bomb of a thing, a Volvo, an S40. And uh, we were down at Macrahanish. 
and we're coming up the road and I've got to go up to Glasgow, three hour, three hour journey and then I'm going down to Bristol, I've got a cricket tour to go down to in Bristol and started the car up and there was just this horrible, if you've ever had something wrong with your exhaust, you'll know what I mean. It's like you're a boy racer and you press the accelerator and just this noise that comes out of the uh, of the broken exhaust. Anyway, Finley fixed it. What a man. No new uh, exhaust required. And I'm just lighter to the tune of 30 quid. So he's an absolute top man, is our Finlay McLean, and we've got him on next week. Him and his wife have dipped their toe into the property game and they've got properties, they've got a number of properties in and around the East Kilbride area. One final thing is that, have you ever thought of online educational courses? You've seen them proliferate. Gosh, if you're in business and you listen to any podcast, then you'll no doubt be inundated with various emails saying that you can go on this course and that course. There's various property courses that you can go on. And you know what? I've always been of the opinion that there's sufficient information out there for you to do it all yourself. And I guess one of the things that that doesn't offer, and one of the things that these courses do offer, is that element of accountability. That accountability, that requirement for you to show up having done something and the organiser of the course making you accountable. So I've never really done it because I've always felt that, you know, I can motivate myself, etc. And I don't necessarily need an accountability, somebody to account to. But you know what? I've changed my tune and I've decided that uh, I'm going to do a little bit as far as uh, the online educational space is concerned. And I've signed up for something. You'll know that I've been going on and on about this book by Gary Keller called The One Thing. The One Thing. Um, if you don't know anything about Gary Keller and The One Thing, uh, do look it up uh, on the uh, the Googles, The One Thing, Gary Keller. And what he's saying is that he's uh, trying to get you to identify the most important thing, the one thing, that by doing that one thing, everything will become easier and unnecessary. And so I'm a big convert of the podcast. I've read the book and I thought the next step is to take on this educational course. And it's not a great amount of money, I think, for a 12-month course. It's about 180-odd quid. And I thought, you know what? I'll just dip my toe and see what it's like. So for the next 12 months, I'll be commenting upon what I've learned, what I feel the benefits of such a course are, and if any of you are interested, it's a closed group. And if any of you are interested to, to join the group, then um, I can certainly get you in through the, the back door, so to speak. I don't make any money from it at all. Uh, it's just that if you were interested then and the group is closed, then I can get you on the group. So that's maybe something for you to, uh, to, to think about. I'm going to wind up here. We're just back from the World Championships Athletics, so I'm pretty knackered. It's been a full-on 
uh, weekend. We were down there for the Saturday and the Sunday. We saw Mo, we saw Bolt break down, we saw Bolt's uh, lap of honour. Fantastic, fantastic time. So great to get down there. And so we're, we're now back, back in the swing of things. You have been listening to the Bricks and Mortar podcast. It's your property podcast. And it's a sideways look at property. Mm-hmm.